Everyone, welcome. This is Corey Camp. He is a former swimmer. And today he's going to kind of talk to us about like transitioning out of swim and just kind of his story. So here's the group. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, I feel like it. the swimming community is such a tight knit one, right? And I think I can speak for all of us when I say that when swimming, college swimming in particular ended for me, I was feeling very, very lost as to who I was because up until that point in time, every new person that I met, I was, hi, I'm Corey and I swim. That was like my, not just my personality, but it was my whole identity. It was everything that ever made up uh, who I was and all my value and all my worth, to be honest, was placed into my performance. So when my hand touched the wall for the first or for the last time of the first time, the last time it was almost like this world came crashing down of realization of like, Holy crap, I need to reinvent myself. Um, how do I do that? <laughs> like, what does that look like? So um, yeah, I'm very open in that transition. It was not an easy one for me. It was definitely filled with a lot of mental health struggles. Um, I went through multiple therapists going and talking with people. And I think the most challenging part about it was up until that point in time, I had a successful swimming career. I held multiple school records and all of that. And it was the first time in my life where that next step was not clear to what it was for me. It, every moment that I went through in my life up until that point, it was simple. You hit a time standard, you achieve that, and you train, you achieve that, and then you move on to the next thing. You get the scholarship. Now you're a swimmer in college on scholarship. This is great. Now what is next? And for the first time, it was, I didn't have that clear next step. PT school is what I originally applied for, and I got denied from every single PT um, program. Literally that I same. <laughs> it's, it's a great feeling, right? Um, oh, yeah. And that was like, man, compound that rejection with the internal rejection that I was already feeling and kind of inner turmoil of who am I beyond being a swimmer. Um, it really sent me into a dark place. I had um, talked about it in a recent post, but now I'm a year sober um, off of alcohol and, and everything. But at that time, that was my coping mechanism. Like that was where I looked to find the answer of who I was. Um, primarily because I could drown out quite literally how I was feeling and that disconnect of my reality of where I was in life, I could escape that for at least a night and then wake up and kind of regret that, but be like, well, I'll do that again tomorrow night and yeah. I'll be okay <laughs> and just go through the day. Obviously I've learned um, over the past few years that that's not a healthy way to live life, let alone answer any of those sort of questions. So I know I, I was a little bit all over the place there, but that's just a little bit of my journey up until this point and founding Forever Athlete, which is this really social learning platform geared to, to bring athletes together post-sport and give them the support and resources that we are so blessed to have when we are in either collegiate athletics or uh, professional sport. Uh, give that to them as well when they're out and they're retired uh, because I think quite honestly you know it when you finish with the NCAA 
they don't they're not really there for you anymore you think they like you get your soul back but then you coach and you give it back to them you know exactly (laughs) i tried that too i went into coaching for like six years um Mm -hmm. so i i feel that that was my stab at like maybe this is that's the one thing i was good at so i went back Mm -hmm. into coaching you know um that was the answer for me and then i didn't feel fulfilled after a number of years i was like crap I don't, I really don't know what I need now. From your last race, did you know that was your last race or not? Yeah. Expected or like, that was like your senior year. Senior year, um, last race at conference. It was, honestly, at the time I blamed it on burnout and Mm -hmm. I blamed it on coaching and everything else but myself. Um, my last race was slower than I was my junior year of high school. So that was really hard to Same. process in a lot of ways. Cause I was like, no one wants to go out like that. You know, we, we want to go out on top. And now I was quite opposite. It was the worst place I ever had at the conference meet either um, as well. So yeah, it was in a lot of ways expected in a lot of ways, I thought I was looking forward to it because I was feeling burnt out, but then you thought you were ready. Like all that years and years of anticipation, like leading up to this, like, okay, like last one, fast one. Yeah. The worst part was being a distance swimmer. It was the freaking mile. Like I I can't relate. (laughs) I I would have loved for it to be the 50 or the hundred or even the 200 where you can kind of just adrenaline will get you through it. You know what I mean? And just the sheer gravity of the moment being your last race, being like, let's go. We're going to hit the water and we're going to be done in a minute and a half, two minutes tops Um, for it to last for 15 minutes and like 54 seconds or something. I think was my time that day. I was just like, this is brutal. Like, just, just take me out of this thing now. Um, I could be a distance swimmer. My last race was, I want to say like the hundred free. Um, I swam in college, but they took me to a random club meet and didn't do so good at conference. So they, I went to this meet just for fun, suited up, not tapered. And I was like, okay, I was definitely not the fastest by any means. And my last race in the hundred free as a 20 year old college athlete was a 101 in the hundred free. And I was like, wow, that is, I like ran out of the building. It was so bad and didn't know it would be my last either, but mm. I was like, cool. Went out on a minute and I'm a 5,400 freestyler. It's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. It's, fr- it's frustrating. Right. Like, when... What's wrong with me? And that's when it started for me personally, like just from that me, just to spiral, it was already spiraling mm. for my mental health. Um, physical burnout, mental burnout, emotional burnout. And that just was really the day I was like, okay, there's something wrong. And then it just spiraled down from there once yeah. I finished the season and quit. It's almost like those moments, for whatever reason, I think when we grow up swimmers, we kind of learn to com- compartmentalize and say, oh, well, whatever, there's that next race. We won't put too much weight on any one given result. Um, but then it shifts towards that end of the career where you're like, holy crap. Um, We also have this other aspect of athletes in our mentality of like, well, we're only as good as what we've done recently. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. no one really cares to sit back and say, well, I remember 
10 years ago, I qualified for junior nationals and I was really, really fast. No one cares about that now. Um, So you kind of lose that sight of it too in that moment when that last race is significantly far off from maybe a best all-time performance. It just compounds that like shitty feeling that you were already feeling in that moment. Yeah, I just like, mine wasn't anticipated. So it was like, I didn't know it at the time. But I knew that, like, I don't know, I had, like, a feeling, but then I was, like, I don't know, just kind of, like, shake it off and just swim my best, and, like, I don't know, I kind of wish I had, like, a, I know this is my last one. Yeah. So I can be, like, whatever happens, happens, like, 18 years of this comes down to 23, 24 second, 50 or whatever, and I end up going a freaking, like, over a minute and 100 free, and I was, like, that is 13-year-olds are going faster than me. I was like, yeah. Nice. yeah, I try not to look at results now, to be honest, because I'm, yeah, I, <laughs> I go immediately into that thought process of like, holy crap, I thought I was good back then, but now there's 13 year olds beating my lifetime best times. Um, she's feeding them, yeah, yeah, exactly. What, um, what helped you kind of move on from that point? I can share what's helped me, but I would be curious too for your, from your so position. that was like my soft more year of college I honestly just like kind of spiraled out um I know that like going into college as a collegiate athlete my friends and some of my coaches were like make friends like outside of your team like Mm -hmm. yeah your team's your family but you got to have people outside of it so I feel like I was really good at making friends like not just outside of swimming like I made friends with all the other athletes but outside of the entire athletic department I was at a medium larger Mm -hmm. DQ school everyone knows everyone so it was like okay I'm just gonna make friends with like all kinds of people in different areas like people in my major people I meet at parties people I just meet anywhere who are not my teammates and I feel like people like that like really supported me um when it all happened my best friend when she was an athlete but I just like was not okay for a solid three days hit away at her house didn't go to class like the first couple days um and I just kind of hid and then I was like okay now what (laughs) and I hadn't really like prepared for it but it was like okay I just need to focus on my school because school was always a priority for me I was like you said going for PT school so yeah um right after that like a clinic opened up I got my first internship and then all the PT stuff and academics started kind of taking off um I don't think I like I've never been like the best like student but I don't think my academics dropped so much but this like I stopped caring about working out I was just like oh my gosh like now I can finally do whatever I want like 3 p.m rolled around I was like I'm not in pain right now I'm gonna go like eat chicken wings or go find pizza or like just stuff like that I was like okay so I just kind of let myself go as in like Mm. I'm free from like the pain so it was like I don't know how to describe it like I was like, I don't have to be in pain today so I can do whatever I want. And I didn't know how to stop myself. Yeah. But now I just finding my like identity and like other things like my master's degree or like my friends or finding other fun things. Like I enjoy like hiking and skiing and running around traveling. So yeah, I was about to say so much of that resonates with me. I mean, the 
the whole like idea right of we kind of are drawn to go a complete 180 away from the structured lifestyle discipline mm-hmm. lifestyle that we grew up in it's almost like we become the rebellious child but at exactly how i felt i was like i can do everything i've wanted to do yeah yeah exactly it's like oh man i mean i went the route of having you know finished through the four years i i was like oh my god i can't wait to be that narp in college where i can just i was taking four credits at the time i'll never forget i was taking one class that's all i had left to graduate and i was like cool i have class tuesday thursday so i have four day weekends i want to take full advantage of this and i went the same route like very very quickly put on weight very quickly found myself at the bar like four or five times a night or a week and i was like what am i doing after a while i graduated did not feel like myself went through you know my first job post grad still trying to figure out and i looking back knowing what i know now about human behavior and flow state and all this stuff it's really wild to kind of perform a reverse analysis but i put on f- almost 50 pounds in a matter of like eight months post like last race to um, about fast forward about a year later was when I finally looked myself in the mirror. I was like, who is that guy? I don't recognize him. Like we need to seriously get this in, in uh, control. And I realized I was lacking a lot of the discipline that sports provided for us. And because of the lack of structure, I was just free flowing. And I was saying, I became a yes man. I was a people pleaser. I would do anything anyone wanted. They wanted to go to the bar for a Thursday night, you know, flip night, buy one, get one free, you name it. I'm there. And then after about a year of that, I was like, I need to start showing up for myself again. How do I do that? And one of the hardest, I think, habits that I had to unlearn or uncondition myself from was really the eating that we were so conditioned to as swimmers. Because that's the, what's the one thing that you know, swimmers are really known for thanks to Phelps and like his diet around the Olympics. And that was like the biggest news outside of how many medals he was winning. I could eat whatever I wanted and not gain a pound. Yeah. And now I I think about pizza and I gain like 10, like I'll never forget your metabolism breaks, even though it doesn't, but like we lack that like structured discipline. It's like, okay, we show up every day and we are routinely doing this on a daily and our yeah, bodies yeah. just go into like autopilot on that. And then when that's gone, it's like, you don't really learn. Some people do, but you don't learn that like self-sustained mm-hmm. discipline. And that's where I struggle, even to this day. So struggle. Yeah. I mean, that's really the aim of the coaching and the, the mission that I'm on is to show athletes how to recreate that life, how to recreate more specifically the feeling of being in the zone, being locked in for that all-time best performance of your life, we can get into that same state in other areas of our life. Where it gets really interesting is, like in my case, because swimming was my sole identity up until 22, I had a really hard time finding flow in other areas of my life because that was my primary flow activity. So when I lost it out of my life, I got locked out psychologically from being able to access this state in any other area. That's why I felt so disconnected from being who I was. And it really took a lot of work to go through emotional trauma, go through everything and process 
what the heck, who the heck am I? What the heck do I do? What's my, what is my purpose in this world? I'm still learning that. I'm still growing into that. I'm still figuring out who I am and that's okay. But embracing that process is the most freeing thing that you can do, but it starts with kind of taking ownership over that process. I didn't do that for the longest time. It was always someone else's fault. It was my coach's fault for not training me better. It was the, um, the PT school's fault for not accepting me. I, I went on this, I lived in this story for a year plus that probably even longer, honestly, that if the admissions office just had an interview with me, I would have been accepted, but none of, no one was giving me an interview. I was like, if they just sat down and got to know me, I would, I would be fine. I would be in. And then something clicked one day where I was just like, no one's going to interview you. Like, it's just not going to happen. Take ownership of that and make something else. Um, so that's kind of what ha- helped me through that journey was creating structure again in my life and then taking ownership over like, I have the ultimate responsibility now. No one's going to show up for me unless I show up for myself. And then I can do that, the same thing for others. I can show up for them and support them and help them on their journey of figuring out who the heck they are which I think is the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. So tell me more about this flow state you mentioned. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get jazzed up talking about it because, I mean, you know it well. We all know it if we come from the athlete world where we're just so locked in. Like those days where, I mean, taper helps, you know what I mean, when you get into that uh, point of the season. But we can experience it without the taper conditions where – you just swim out of this world or you perform out of this world. You're so locked in, you lose track of time. Time either expands in the sense of, oh my gosh, that felt like three hours shrunk down into 30 minutes. And where did the time go? Or on the flip side, you're like, I got so much work done and it's only been 30 minutes. How the heck did we get here? And that's because you're just so locked in and focused and present and you're completely immersed in that activity at hand. And what is really fascinating about flow as a whole is that there's 22 different triggers to get us into flow, 10 of which are individual, 12 of which require a group setting. Interesting. And by group, I mean, we can even get it one-on-one. We feel it, we feel it as a spark oftentimes when we have a really engaging conversation with someone. And like, we just, we forget about the 10 other things that we have to do today because we're just here. And that's... Uh, it's a really powerful state because it's very fleeting too. You know, you can get pulled out of it just like that, or you can drop into it just like that. So figuring out kind of the conditions that work for each individual, the timing of when that works best, really, we can get into the the biohacking side of things to set that up. But that's a little brief overview of flow and kind of the different conditions that help get us in there. That's crazy. So that's like when you're like in the zone. Yep. It's like time almost like stops. Time stops. It expands. You become this like freaking almost like Avatar, the last Airbender, but changing time around and morphing it to to work for you. Um, and really, I think the the cr- most critical condition to get into it, while it requires immense focus, what helps us focus is when we feel just the right amount of challenge. So we have what's known as this challenge skills sweet spot, which on one side is the challenge that we're facing. 
And then on the other side is our current skill level. We know it all related back to sport, so it makes sense. If we were racing in a heat of seven other people that were close to our skill level, we're more likely to get into flow because it's right there in that sweet spot, the balance between the two. If we were, if we found ourselves in the A final and we're in lane eight and there's a 10 second difference between us and lane four, we're going to probably struggle a little bit to have a better race because we're in our head now of like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a little bit anxious. I don't have the skills to keep up with the Katie Ledecky in lane four or Michael, whoever it is on the flip side. If we're in lane four and we're seated to win by a minute in the mile, then it's really hard. We're going to be bored. It's going to be hard for us to have a peak performance uh, in that state because we're just, we don't really care as much. There's not enough of a challenge there. So understanding the challenge skill sweet spot allows us to really shift our day in a way that can we can fine tune that. We can find opportunities where we get to develop our skills and find challenges where we test our skills and kind of continually move out of that comfort zone as a lot of people like to refer to it it's the same yeah. thing like finding that one step out of that comfort zone is that challenge skill sweet spot and that is a huge trigger to driving you into flow interesting wow and you talk about this in your book too right a little bit yeah so the book itself it really explores athlete identity and really who we are it poses this question of what is our true self what does that mean and it really explores the catch-22 that athlete identity can become where oftentimes i can i know i can speak for myself probably you as well that swimming was this ultimate playground of sorts that allowed me to really just play around and fail without consequence and discover who i was and it built my confidence through the roof and it gave me skills and people in my life that I never would have without it. So how do we determine and define ourselves when that's stripped away, when that ends? It's that catch 22, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's recreating that playground. So a lot of what this book looks at is how do we recreate the playground? How do we recreate the conditions to really let go of the expectations of what we think our life should look like and live into the reality of like, this is where we are at and I'm okay with that. And let's grow into it and grow through these events that are happening, whether it be mental health related or physical related, whatever it is, we can grow through injuries. We can grow through whatever life throws at us because we're freaking athletes. We have this you know, superpower mindset, if we know how to tap into it and, and uh, really apply the right conditions. I think the coolest part about the book itself is it's not just my story in there. There's 17 other athletes that contributed a chapter and told their version of what does it mean to go through this transition and, and find their true self. We have one, uh, one of the co-authors, she dealt with an eating disorder through college uh, track and field and now is a CrossFit Games athlete and has finally kind of beat her eating disorder over the past few years. So it's really interesting to hear her story and her struggles and triumphs along the way. And all of it is geared towards just helping the other, the reader really relate 
to the stories that are in there and letting people know that they're not alone on this oftentimes crazy lonely journey. We think no one cares that we're going through this. And that's really the mission I'm on is to spread that awareness and show people that they're not alone, that they have the support, they have the tools, they have the resources around them. And we're there to, to help grow together. That's amazing. Wow. I definitely can kind of relate to that. If you could like theoretically like go back and tell yourself and like freshman year of college, like like anything, like what would you tell them like behind the block or something? Mm, that's a great question. I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give myself then is to never lose sight of the fun and like the why I started it in the first place. And ironically, I think I, I realized that very much so my freshman year, uh, partly because I had a heart condition my senior year of high school and freshman year of college that would cause me to pass out at practice occasionally, like a few times a month. And <laughs> Super fun, right? Yeah. Um, with that, I learned in a lot of ways to never take it for granted. And then when I got surgery and got that corrected, I kind of lost that perspective after a couple of years. I, again, took it for granted. I was thinking yesterday, actually, on a walk that I'm guilty of really taking for granted some of the things that are closest to me. And in my life. And I think we all are, right? We lose sight of what's right in front of us. So maybe I'd change my piece of advice to my freshman self of just never lose sight of what's right in front of you because ultimately that's it's the only thing you have control over. So appreciate the things that are close. That's so true. Oh my gosh. I would say probably this like kind of same thing. Mm. Like I'm not an Olympic athlete, obviously. Like swimming will end like find your identity and like things that you thoroughly actually enjoy that can like sustain you it's mm. like you're not always going to be a competitive swimmer like yeah there's like master swimming and like recreational but like that type of like high competitive swimming like will leave you so it's like swimming's not everything <laughs> you're more than an athlete like you're yeah. more than that time you're more than what your coach tells you so it's just like truly rooting your identity in other things that aren't really going to go away like who you are as a person you're a daughter you're a son you're a student like whatever you are like whatever you're striving to be like rooting your identity and other stuff really can help with that yeah what's what the book is really geared towards exploring is this evolution of how we as individuals explore and view our identity and what's really interesting in the psychology world is the kind of the ultimate goal is to in, be able to embrace the paradox that we can be multiple identities and it's mm -hmm. healthy to have multiple identities. And you realize you're a sum of the expression of all of them rather than just one. So even because we can experience the same negative behaviors if we just throw ourselves so much into the mother role or the son role or work role, whatever, whatever it is now, if we just, we just transfer over to a new vehicle and we don't actually do any of the internal work to <laughs> make it better, we're going to end up with the same problems. They're just going to manifest in different ways. So 
the evolution of identity and kind of how we can continue to grow and explore is just staying curious and not taking it so seriously. If you want to try a new skill, a new hobby, awesome. The one thing I, I will mention, you brought up masters. It's hilarious. Part of uh, my story, I talk about it in the book as well, is I I went out for a master's team. I had a, a old college teammate that joined one. She was like, you got to join us. It's so much fun. You're going to meet great people. It's like, awesome, cool. I, miss, I missed the competitive nature. I couldn't wait to get back into it. <laughs> and never forget my first master's race. I did a 200 IM short course meters, which looking back was great to do it in short course meters because we never actually swim in that in a 200 IM. So I had no time standard to compare it to. That was pretty freeing. But I remember diving in and I was about two body lengths ahead of everyone else in the pool that just right off the start. I was like, okay, this isn't the competition that I was looking for. Oh, no. I need talk about challenge skills, sweet spot. Like I needed better people around me to even find joy in it. Cause at that moment I was just like, this isn't fun. Like I don't want to race people that I'm just going to beat easily. You know what I mean? Like we want to be pushed in a lot of ways. So it took me a while too to figure that out. And I've have stopped master swimming. Honestly, I want to swim on Friday. Friday, yeah. And that's like gonna be my first time probably in a year being in uh in a pool, which is kind of great. So what inspired you like to write this book initially? Mm. I think it goes back to the the not wanting to be alone. I think what made what I I freaking love to see right now is this movement where this stuff is talked about a little bit more openly, especially in the the athlete mental health space. Because when I was five years ago, when I was going through that transition, I didn't feel like I had anyone that I could turn to. The girl that I was dating at the time was not very supportive of it. And that blew up as well when swimming ended. So I felt like the person closest to me, I couldn't go to, I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable going to my parents and really just being open with them and saying, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I have no idea. I wanted to, I've always wanted to put forth that front of, I have it all figured out. I'm, I'm perfect in a lot of senses. And it took me a while to get through that and coming out on the other side, I want to share that story with the world. And maybe it helps one person just realize that they don't need to be perfect. They don't need to figure it out today, but they're, they don't also have to figure it out alone. There's a plethora of resources and people in this world that are willing to help and just be there, even just to, to lean on and say, hey, look, I hear you, I see you, and I support you. I understand what you're going through. That's, that's the why behind the book. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. And it, is it out or can we get it anywhere? So it's available for pre-order right now. Um, and I think what's really, I'm trying something new with the pre-order, dropping uh, custom NFTs with the pre-order. So I'm going to get real nerdy into the crypto space for a second. But um, for everyone that goes out and pre-orders the book, it should be available by the end of this month. They'll get a minted NFT that is the official like forever athlete book club. And with that, they'll get early release to future drops, whether that be apparel, whether that be events that I'm hosting. 
uh, virtually and in person. And then they'll get Q&A um, access with me and the other authors so that they can pop on a Zoom and we can just kick it and chat and discuss like, hey, what did you think about this chapter? How did that story impact and resonate with you? What can you take from there? Um, so it's available for pre-order right now. And that's kind of the extra utility access stuff. And they get this cool little badge that they can uh, show off in their digital uh, crypto <laughs> wallet. I'm still learning this world, but- um, I know yeah, nothing about that. I'm trying to figure it out. It's, it's wild, oh, amazing. freaking wild world. I get excited about it um, because I'm, I'm curious about it now. And I can see that how it can relate to the stuff that I'm passionate about. And that's really a secret to continuing to develop flow and uh, kind of elicit more motivation on a day-to-day -day basis is it explore those curiosities. Uh, long story short though, you can get the book at foreverathletela.com and I can send you a link for it as well. But I appreciate anyone taking the time to read it and uh, would love to hear their thoughts. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be pre-ordering pre that. I feel like your story and like a lot of the other author's story and kind of everything that like we've been doing is like, it helps even one person. Like, I feel like it's so worth it. So I just hope well, someone out there is actually like listening and like, it, it's going to be okay. You're yeah. not going to die. Like, it's hard, but like you said, like you're not alone and you have a whole community of other swimmers, other athletes, like right there with you who are willing to reach out. It's, it's incredible how supportive the athlete community and especially the swimming community, right? Like mm -hmm. what I love about what I do, I'm just a connector at heart. I love creating containers and bringing people together and creating space for them to explore who they are it's just so powerful to have that kind of unspoken bond of like before you and I even hopped on this we kind of we had some assumptions about one another in the best way possible of like okay I know exactly kind of what you're about because you lived a very similar life to me up to a certain point we can build and bond off that shared experience and then create new experiences from there I think it's really powerful. It's this instant connector, but it's what do we do with that spark other than just be like, oh, cool, we went to the same college. Awesome. Yeah. You know? And then that spark can just start like a wildfire of community and bringing people together, which yeah. I think is absolutely amazing through all the stuff that you're doing and the stuff that we're working on. So I just really appreciate you coming on and talking about yeah. all that because it's some cool stuff. I appreciate it. I have uh, a saying that our slogan, believe it or not, not on the shirt here, um, <laughs> is just we grow further together. And that's yes, so really, true. that's been my kind of words and slogan that I've lived by the past four or five years here is ask for help. Be willing to admit that you don't know the answers, that you need support, and it's okay to ask people for support. You don't have to do it all, this, all the same. And we're all just looking to continue to expand and we do so better when we're together and we're collaborating and cross-pollinating and, and spreading a word, spreading a mission. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today. And I'll drop the link somewhere around here so you can check out his book <laughs> and sign up for those pre-orders. So thanks for hopping on and chatting with us.
Thank you. Thank you again for the space. And uh, I just really appreciate and I love what you guys are doing here. Anything I can do to help continue to grow the swimming community, stay pain free. Let's do it. Mm -hmm.